2: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 46 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I'm Johnny Cullen, joined alongside Dwayne stanella As always, Dwayne, it's been an interesting week with a lot of hockey. How you doing, brother?
1: Uh, pretty good, man. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, you're not going you to get the result you wanted last night with the uh, Bills against the, the Chiefs in the EFC championship game, but... I, I, I don't think I'm going out on a limb here when I say that majority of Bills fans would have never fathomed we would have made it this far uh, and that this was a really special t- season. And there's a, there's a lot of reasons to feel proud of this team and you know, where they're heading. And I think the, the one the, outside of the players, the one guy that's most responsible for that, that we should, you know, you know, is Brandon Bean. And that's why I have the most faith because some of the moves he's made over the past few years.
2: Agreed. Agreed. They've come a long way. Uh, Buffalo sports has kind of always been mirrored by that, you know, whether it's no goal, wide right, it's constant, you know, mediocrity, missing the playoffs outside of a few seasons. Uh, It was definitely a special time, and and anybody that's a Buffalo sports fan or that has been around the area for this, it was fun, man. It was a lot of fun to see everybody come together. It was fun to have, be excited about a Buffalo sports team again, right? Yeah. Um, Not the not the ending you wanted, but listen, um, the Chiefs are are a great it's a great measuring stick, right? I'm all for no moral victories. You know, if you didn't win, you didn't win, but Hey, we came from, you know, being not in the conversation to being in the final four. Uh, There's obviously, you can see what the chiefs do. Well, they have elite quarterback play. They're very well coached. They have dynamic weapons uh, in Kelsey and Hill and even uh, Nicole Hardman, Right. And, um, I think they executed their game plan. We we did it as much. Um, their best players were better than our best players. I hate to use I that think, cliche, but I think I it's think. a good measuring stick. We're not that far off. Uh, there's oh. moves to be made, but it was a fun fun run, a fun season. It was it was a lot of fun to see the city come together too. Oh, a tough sure. time.
1: And after they, I agree. After they went up nine nothing, I think, you know, from watching that game, if you try and compare both offenses and both defenses, the Bills played a lot more conservative. Like they were. T- they, like, they were playing to not lose rather than playing to win, which is the complete polar opposite of what they've been doing for the majority. Of the
2: yeah. Season. A couple of questionable um, decisions there, obviously with the field goals and stuff, but yeah. Um, listen, at the end of the day, they made the plays they needed to make when they needed to make them. And uh, it's, it's going to be fun to see what, what moves Brandon makes because, you know, they're taking that next step forward and um, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. So, um, but like I said, um, now I kind of felt a little weird because as much as I love the Bills, it was it's tough you know rooting not tough but you're rooting for two teams at once. I think now the Sabers will get get the love they deserve. Hopefully or the hate we'll see.
1: I hope so too, man. Um, I would have liked four out of four points there, especially when they were you know, the Capitals are missing, you know, four of their key players in Orlov, Ovechkin, Samsonov, and uh, Kuznetsov. Uh, we came out with three out of four, which I mean is good. It's great, but um really could have used four out of four there if you're asking me. But now we have a series coming up against the Rangers that we gotta get ready for. So, you know, let's get ready for that.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I you know what, speaking of their past play, awesome to see Carter Hutton get in get in the win column. That was tremendous. After what yep. happened to his father, um, you mean to you mean old oh, what did I say? Carter, like Hutton. Carter Hutton, yeah. yeah. Uh, to see Linus bounce back, and there's that picture he posted of him looking up at the scars, and he posted, that's for dad.
0: I yeah. thought that was a
2: really special moment, uh, and he was rock solid. He had a fantastic overtime period, um, and it was it was a huge for uh, Eichel to get that goal in the shootout. He's been sneak bit. Vita Vanacek has had his number. Now, I'm not excusing that, but it's always nice to get that monkey off your back get the first goal, right? And you could see he was getting a little frustrated. I know that wasn't a regulation goal, or, or it was scored in a shootout, but I still think that that was huge for him.
1: Absolutely agree. Um, you know, hopefully now that you get that overtime goal, you know, you, you're not overtime, the shootout goal, you you, you you start to go on a little bit of a heater here, especially that that line, every time they step in the ice, they absolutely dominate. They dominate from you know, the moment they step in the ice, the moment they get off. They spend ninety percent of the time in the offensive zone. And once that line like really starts to heat up, I, I really see them, you know, you know, getting a lot of wins. You know, a lot more wins in the win column or, you know. So
2: you're talking Eichel, Reinhardt, Hall?
1: Yeah, we like to call it, two goals I like to call it the her line.
2: The Hur line, I've seen that. Uh, I like that. I like that. No, they've been dynamic. I think you see the way Jack and Sam feed off each other. Hall is a dynamic player. He's getting more and more comfortable. Uh, I liked how our defense moved the puck up a little bit earlier to utilize Jack and Hall's speed off the rush. I think we talked about that uh, in the first Washington series, how it kind of handicapped the Sabres. You take away that speed and intra-zone by defenseman holding on to it a little bit too long, and that's one of our biggest weapons, right, Dwayne? So uh, I liked what I saw in that last game. And li- listen, uh, I'm not crazy about having to go to overtime against these division opponents because you're giving them that point. But when you look at it, we got three out of four, and that's big, right?
1: It is. It is. It is huge. Especially again, this division's tough, man. And honest to God, I've, I haven't been watching it. You know, there isn't really a team out there right now that scares the ever-loving shit out of me. There isn't. I mean, granted, we're still very early in this, but I really think, you know, the top four spots, it's really up for grabs. If you ask me, you know, there's no team. I think that's really pulled away as a favorite yet.
2: No, um, I, you know, obviously my favorite in Philly, they're struggling a little bit here and there. Um, I, you know, you saw Pittsburgh, they got right back on the wagon, man, after, after losing the first couple, uh, they've looked good. They've, they've won. Here's the thing. I haven't looked bad either. Oh, Jack Hughes looks good, man.
1: Yeah, looks like he's turned it around a little bit there after, you know, a disappointing uh, rookie season. Uh, I mean, I you think, know we got to remember these kids are 18 years old coming into yeah. the league against men. Well, that's another thing, too, is it, honestly, would it have killed Jack Hughes to just, you know, not go right into the pros? I know he's the first overall pick, but, I
2: mean, you it's know. It's an interesting but, point. It's an interesting point. I think that traditionally that first-round pick has stepped right in. Um, but I think there's a case to be made for everybody develops differently, right? What's best for the player? I think one, we look back to Austin Matthews. He steps in and scores four goals his first game in the league and he plays really well. I think you know, his unique circumstances that led him to play pro hockey in Switzerland for a year during his draft year, I think that really helped him. Now, is that to say it would that have worked for Hughes? I don't know. I'm just saying that it's it's a conversation that hasn't been had that I think should be because everybody develops at their own different pace. And I, I think it's funny that people, they call out a guy like that. Oh, he's garbage after his rookie year. He doesn't dominate. Like, listen, he's, he's young. Give him time. And yeah, he's been a right
1: now. He had a couple off games and people are doing that with Dallin. And then Darlene comes back and has a solid game uh, yesterday. And, you know, you know, where like, I'm not saying there should be an apologist out there, but you know, the kids tw- just turned 20 years old. He just put on 16 pounds of pure muscle. He's still learning how to use that. But, like, you know, the the kid's never been this big, you know, and you didn't have a training camp, less than two weeks of a training camp to really get to know your defensive partners and your new teammates. It just takes time. And I think people need to stop jumping down a guy like Darlene's throat for not being, you know, Victor Hedman immediately. If people look at Victor Hedman, his first five years, I don't think he had over 30 points. Not one time. I mean, maybe once, you know, Darlene has, you know, I was on pace for well over 50, close to 60 before the, 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 the pause of last season, you know, and then his second year.
2: You bring up a good point. I mean, obviously, I think it's with that excitement of that first overall pick, you really want to see this guy jump in and yeah. it, it just doesn't, it doesn't always happen that way, especially at the, the defense position. You made a great point with Hedman, you know, and I think Darlene, it, I think you saw him over the past year or two, really try to shore up some defensive things away from the puck, And you still see some of that, right? Like, on yeah. uh, last game against Washington, he, he lets this guy get behind him uh, on the D side of the puck, and, and the guy buries a rebound. You you see the growing pains, but um the talent's there, uh, the skating's there. You know he's got the hockey IQ. I think it's a matter of time. But with that being said, uh, you you'd like to see it, you know, step by step, climb that ladder of development. Uh, but in no way should should you be giving up on Dalene at this point. That's just crazy. Never,
1: no, especially again. I asked a buddy of mine, you know, when he was, um, you know, kind of complaining, I was like, well, listen, like, would you be upset if we got, if Darlene had a Victor Hedman type career? He goes, well, no. I'm like, well, you're talking about him. Like you want more out of more out of him than that. Like I understand, like he's, he's at, came into the league at 18 years old, you know, his first two years, you know, each year he progressed and got better. Granted. Okay during this nine month pause where, you know, you didn't get to play with any of your teammates at all. You got less than two weeks of a training camp. You come out right and you're playing honestly in the hardest division in hockey right now. And you don't start off playing at the elite level. That's to the expectation of the fan. I think that's ignorant, you know, you know um, I think he's going to be just fine. I think that he is going to be that cornerstone defenseman for Buffalo for a very, very, very long time. You know, and this is the type of guy who got a lot of comparisons to Nicholas Lindstrom out of the draft. Like this, this, this is the most highly touted defenseman in over a decade. Like, I mean, I don't remember people talking about a defenseman to be as good as him, probably since Ekblad was taken. And they, they, they weren't even talking about, they weren't even talking this highly about Ekblad. It's just a fact. And he's. You 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 see it especially when he goes on the point in that power play. Just the way he moves the puck, the way he pivots, the way he moves his hips. Like he he's an elite skater. He is, and just the way he uses his body and like just his his vision on the ice. Like you know, it's second to none on that team defensively. For not defensively among your defensemen.
2: He is, you look at the defensemen, the new age defensemen that are coming in and being dominant players, Cal McCarr, Quinn Hughes, whoever you want to put on that list, Darlene shares those traits, right? Just because the points haven't came in and, and it's not all starting to fall into place as quickly as them. I think you got to recognize every situation is different, right? You, like like I pointed out, you want us keep seeing him take steps forward. The yep. steps back are, are when, you know, the mental mistakes and stuff like that, that's discouraging, but you brought up a good point. He has all the tools and he hasn't given us a reason to believe that he he can't be the guy that we know he can be. So um right. I, I look forward to him taking the next step. I think anybody that you know is calling him out and it's just they're doing a disservice to him in the in the in the, in the process, right? But right. one thing I wanted to ask you Dwayne uh lots of rumblings. I know we got to get to the line A Dubois trade and, and you got an interesting scoop on that. Uh but the Sabres goaltending, right? Obviously Carter Hutton goes down in that Philadelphia game. Um Johansson goes in. He did okay. I, I've never thought Johansen was been the answer for us. Um, I think you would agree with me there. HL I guy. think maybe the long-term answer is either in Rochester with Yukapek or at Michigan um, with Portillo. So you brought it up. We talked about it a lot in the summer with everybody we had on what you also mentioned Darcy Cooper, right? I got to, to spend one, maybe one or two practices in the LA system with him for the Ontario rain. He was there. He had just gotten called up and sure enough, this guy goes from the coast to the A to the show. And he's been there ever since. Why Darcy Cooper? Why now? What makes sense for the Sabers? We've heard a lot of rumors getting floated out. Flurry's been thrown in there. Yep. What What do you see happening with the Sabers goalie situation, though? Go.
1: Well, this is the second time we've heard a rumor about goaltending with the, with Buffalo. And um, actually, after you know that rumor came out with uh, you know, two days ago. Um, I reached out to one of our former guests. Uh, I won't say his name because I don't want to put him out there. But you know, one on a, one on the West Coast in regards to uh, Mark Andre Fleury, and he said that they've cooled down on, you know, on, on these on trading him and having trade talks. But they wouldn't they wouldn't say no or not listen if something did come up and an offer was made. Now, does that mean Marc-Andre Fleur is in the market? No, it doesn't, but you know, it's, it's an, it's interesting to hear that on the what specifically on the West coast that, um, the Buffalo is in the market for a goalie and they they said it would be complicated. Uh, the, the deal itself would be complicated or elaborate with that. Now, with that being said, you know, another name I said that came to mind because he was rumored to be available, uh, via trade was Darcy Kemper. And I've been a big Darcy guy, you know, Kemper guy for a long time. I loved him when he was in mini Minnesota. I thought when he was a prospect in Minnesota, I thought he was phenomenal. I thought he was a guy that, you know, much like when we when we developed Ryan Miller, uh, that you could l- let simmer in the system and have him develop to be a franchise goaltender. Um, back when there was the first times when he was floated around that he might be available for trade when he was in Minnesota, I wanted him you know, I've always been a big Darcy Kemper guy. And if I had my choice of any goalie on the market right now, it'd be him because he's only makes four and a half million a year. And I think that he could step in and be your one a immediately.
2: Now, let me ask you one quick thing, because I, I I agree with everything you just said. I like Darcy Kemper. I think he's flown under the radar, but actually he hasn't because he was in the finals for the Veznas. uh, I think either last year or the year before, Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, Arizona had two-headed, a two-headed monster with him and Antiranta. They were both playing well uh, two years ago. Antiranta started really hot. He had some injury problems, right? He goes down, and then Kemper, Kemper really stole the show. Last year's playoffs, a huge example. He was lights out in that play oh, around. Oh, my God. Right, and I know that the wheels fell off with Colorado, but that's not on him. That's on squarely on the rest of the team, too. What makes you think that Kemper would be available outside of the rumors that we've heard? And if you were Arizona... Wouldn't you want to keep him and deal Ranta? Well,
1: yeah, I think that's the obvious choice, but it, I mean, in Arizona, I just, it's such not a non-hockey market and I
2: don't know, maybe. Yeah, they but they have, they have the new GM Armstrong. He seems like a do, smart guy do. that's going to run well, that. Well, that the,
1: the, 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 there was, what was that? that came out today about Armstrong. I think I sent it over to you. Um, what was it? You know, I'm
2: pulling it up now here.
1: Yeah there was a thing that came out on Armstrong today. I I, honestly, I I forget like how, what it was, but. um,
2: NHL comes down from Darren Drager. NHL comes down hard on former Coyotes GM, John Shaka. He's been suspended by the commissioner for conduct detrimental to the league and the game. Shaka cannot be involved in NHL business through December 31st. Uh, And to clarify this, this ruling is related to the, the years remaining on Shaka's contract with Arizona and his attempts to terminate the contract. I really, you know what? I, I'm not very, really well-versed on the CBA as it pertains to coaches and managers. Um, we obviously know that, you know, I don't think they ever came out with what the infractions were in the scouting department. I think they were testing players, junior players, outside of the legal rules. Uh, they lost draft picks for it. They got hit with a big fine. I, I do know that, um, you know, Armstrong, as it mentioned there, I'm curious to see if that will affect the Coyotes organization or um, going forward or that he's no longer, you know, employed by them, how that works. Right. That's interesting.
1: It is interesting. And I I don't, I, I think of Arizona and I just can't see them unwilling to not talk about a goalie. I mean, they really haven't had, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but a phenomenal starting goalie, you know, in over a decade. You know, they, yeah, they, no, they, I they don't disagree it.
2: with you. I think like we explore with Kevin Adams, every good GM listens, right? Every good yeah. GM will pick up the phone. Uh, It just comes down to what's the price going to be. I know the numbers got to make sense. A lot of teams are pushed right up against the cap here. Uh, I'd love for it to happen. What do you think it would take in all fairness here to to get a guy like Kemper? What do we have to give up there? Do we have to give up a Portillo and a UPL plus picks? You would definitely do they have a goalie. What I do think you think?
1: You would definitely have to give up a goalie. I think, you. I mean, and here, here's the thing. Do you give up an, a pertiller UPL or do you send Omar with players and picks the other way? Do you think they would do something? Well, like do that? they
2: want Olmark? is the question. I, I think he's proven to be a serviceable NHL goaltender. Yeah. Uh, I guess it comes down to their views on Ranta. Can he be the guy that carried a load in an NHL shortened season? I think that that's the, you know, the thing we have to consider here is we're not living in a normal NHL world, right? No. We have guys that, uh you know, like we, I always go back to, to Montreal right? With them bringing him Jake Allen. And I think they were ahead of the curve on that one. And, you know, only time will tell. Uh, but I think you're going to see, you know, most goalies trying to use that two-headed monster this year. And if not, you know, at least a 1A, 1B. So uh, I hope right. that they're high on Ranta and they're willing to part ways with Kemper. If it's the other ways around I and they're willing to, to, to listen to calls on Ranta, I don't know I'm not super high on him. I know he's very talented. He had that really good season with New York back in 1718, 18, uh, filling in for Lundquist where he was lights out. I think that that, you know, got him his contract in Arizona, right? Right. Uh, it just comes down to who's the better fit here and who's Arizona willing to listen to for calls on.
1: Well, well, here's another thing too. I mentioned earlier, he's making four and a half, but he's going to be up for getting a new contract soon. And he's, I think deserved, you know, earned himself a raise. Absolutely. So with that being said, is Arizona a small market, not really known for paying players? Um, you know, with, was it ekman Larson? Was it ekman Larson that they had issues with? Uh, you know, they they yeah, they
2: got the deal done, but they got the didn't.
1: deal done. But you know, they were in talks with trading him and stuff like a that.
2: Cornerstone captain of your team, you'd yeah. expect that to go swimmingly. I mean, it, it did it, not. It took a little bit.
1: Yeah, and if you're if you're having that many issues with a guy like him, you know, you're gonna tell me you're gonna pay your goalie six six and a half when he's when he's earned it? Probably not. So that's why I think that. He is available. I, I I think that they don't value goaltending as much as maybe other teams do. And if he was rumored to be available before the season started, and if those were all true, then he should be available now if the price is right and the return is right.
2: So you, you are correct. He's on uh he signed a two-year contract extension in, in 2019. Yeah, bridge deal. So um yeah, he uh, he's in under contract at, at four or five um through this season and through next season.
1: Correct. And I think he's earned from everything we've seen so far. I think he's earned himself a raise and I don't see Arizona being the type of team that's going to pay a goalie six and a half. Now I think Darcy Kemper is worth that. I don't know if I'm you, I think he is. I, 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 I kind of top out at like six, six and a half million for a goaltender. That's just me personally. I think you should worry about everything else around in front of him, paying those players and then building in front of your goaltender before you start paying your goalie big money.
2: Uh, well, you I, know, think, the, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I think yeah. you see the teams that have overpaid their goalies. I bring up Florida as a as a big reason. You know, there there's just so much uncertainty in the goalie position, right? And even a guy like Terry Price, do I think he earned that money? Yes. Do I think it makes sense in in this? Would would you can't predict what's going to happen, right? The, I know these GMs do their best with the, the the cap predictions, right? But then, you know, shit happens. You have a pandemic and the cap stays flat. And now, you know, 8% or 10% of your cap is on a goalie, right? Like, and I get it, If, if but he's, I don't know. I think that especially with 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 this year, your starting goalie isn't going to play that percentage of games that we saw in the past, 85, 90%, right? I think you're right. going to see more in the, the 65 to 75 range at the highest, um, so how much can you justify spending on that guy? One last point on Arizona, they do have Aiden Hill on the taxi squad and he has played serviceably. So going back to what it would take in return, maybe it wouldn't even take a goalie, right? Like you you'd obviously you want, want to as Buffalo to get that money going back out as a clean swap, but something to think about, you know,
1: I think you, I think you can get a guy like Kemper. And I think you could resign him for like another, you know, a three-year deal. If that's, if that's something he'd be willing to do. And you would have a perfect situation, especially if you don't decide to keep Olmark around, if that's the direction you decide to go in, where you could see if you you give UPL time to see if we, he could be that 1A. And if not, I mean, if, you know, if he's at least 80% of the goalie we think he is, he'd be a very serviceable 1B. And then you have Kremper there as your 1A, and then you still have Eric Portillo in the system working his way, who Steve Shields himself when I, because well, uh, I, I tweeted out earlier this week that uh, Michigan, Michigan was playing on on uh, on SNY, and you know I, I let all our fans know like if you want to see this kid play, that's where he's playing. You can watch him. And somebody you know responded, "Can he play now?" And I already had Steve Shields tag the tweet, and Shields responded, "Absolutely." Um, see, that's, not- that's
2: interesting to me because we talk about you know how the Sabers have rushed goaltender development, or not just goaltender. They've rushed developmental players before right middle stack right. comes to mind i think it's a completely different ball game with the goaltender um we take a little bit longer historically to develop correct right. it's very interesting that steve shields would point that out uh, and i i trust shields opinion i know he was a great guest for us and he was a great goaltender in his own right for us but i, I mean is that a biased opinion i i don't i would like to think no right but it's just you don't see goalies traditionally make that jump from mission or college hockey right to the show Usually they spend a year in the American League, right? A good, now, a good
1: example is D.P.H. Or look at D.P.H. Or he came right out of college right into the pros as a first overall pick.
2: That's and, he, the difference in being the first overall pick. Well, right? yeah. And, there's uh, an expectation exactly, with that
1: pick. an expectation. But it, was he ready for the show? I don't think so. And then, you know, all the injuries he suffered and, yeah, huge, God, that stupid contract that Garth Snow gave him. One of the worst oh, and, contracts ever. And, and that big
2: years. punch that Brent Johnson gave him to end his yeah,
1: career, yeah, the two, big right. That one, too. And it's, it, you know, it, you know, an example, man, sometimes you just need more time to develop. And maybe if Rick DiPietro was given more time to develop, wasn't rushed into a situation that maybe he wasn't ready for. Maybe he could have been, you know, everything that was expected of him, but with Portillo, like he wasn't drafted first overall. And you have a, a former uh, NHL goaltender who had who had a very serviceable career in the NHL come out flat out coming out and saying on social media, like, yeah, he's ready. Um, I, I'm not gonna say I disagree with the guy like you, I trust his opinion, but I definitely want to give him time to develop and, you know, learn the college game before he, you know, he just throw him into the pros. I know he played, I know he played over there in the Swedish leagues and I'm sure he's playing with men over there, but you know, it's a different ball game over here in North America. So I, uh, I'm definitely interested to see where his career takes him over the next couple of years, but I definitely don't want to rush him in, in any situation, especially with the team we have on the ice right now.
2: I couldn't agree more. And I think best case scenario, best case scenario for Sabres fans, he finishes a really strong year at Michigan, takes them far. He gets some playoff experience, maybe even a frozen four, right? Gets to finish that year with the AHL Rochester Americans. And then, you know, gets that year in a pro and um, is able to, to you know, to, to be here for 22, 23. So, um, you know, that's ideal. Um, we'll see what happens, but like you said, you don't want to rush a guy like that because with your goaltending development there's so many things that could go wrong, right? Best right. case scenario for me, twenty two, twenty three, 23, he's available. But like you said, I mean, that's the shields got that comments. Really interesting. Dwayne, it really is. It with some confidence. So one other question, but if comfort doesn't work out, you mentioned flurry. Is there anybody else that we should keep our eye on as Buffalo Sabres fans?
0: Um,
1: You mean, you said anti-ranta earlier, you know, well, I mean, I, I don't see why they wouldn't be willing to, uh, to trade him. He's not definitely not a long-term answer. Um, I'm not sure of his situation, but Cam Talbot's name was always thrown around. I can't. You know, he just
2: signed that deal, I believe, with Minnesota. Yeah, um, I could yeah. be wrong there. He's floated around. He's another guy. I, I don't. I'm not. You see a lot of these That's younger a goal answer, right? We see a lot of these younger goalies have that one good year when they're thrust into service, and then they sign that big deal with a new team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like a guy with a little bit more historical success, I guess. It's going to be wait and see here for Kevin Adams. So it's going to be interesting to find out for sure, uh, but be sure. I mean, you do a great job keeping us up to date with Portilla. And I know when UPL gets back in it, I think that's great for our fans. So switching topics now, Dwayne, moving on to the big trade, you know, obviously everybody heard about the Pierre-Luc Dubois getting benched. When you see the video of that shift, I have Tortorella's back. That was miserable. He, was he publicly awesome. stated he wanted out. We talked about it last show. And then everything that happened with, with Line A, obviously the trade is Roslovic, who's a good prospect that publicly stated he wanted out to Line A, all right, to go to Columbus for Dubois and a third-round pick. Talk about the trade really quick and then bring up the article because I thought that was really interesting.
1: Well, you know, it, it was funny. Somebody tweeted out, too. He goes, it, it, this trade doesn't make a whole lot of sense because, granted, yeah, all all parties are unhappy with their current situations, but Line and Roslik essentially went to the Manitoba of, of America <laughs> and lining went to the Columbus of Canada. um It's not a situation that's probably going to get be better for any party involved. And I have to agree, you know. And again, that article that dropped today was, you know, spoke very illly of like was it Mark Shifley and Wheeler? Was it Blake Wheeler? Essentially bullying, um bullying lining. You know, while he was in in Winnipeg, you know, they felt threatened by him. Um, there were a lot of a lot of a lot of accusations being thrown around in that article. You know, I I posted it earlier, um, I believe, to our social media handles, and, and if that's the case, I mean, do you blame for
2: for how for wanting out? I mean, no, I don't blame. Not <laughs> one bit. I think that brings up an interesting wrinkle. I was always curious as to what, you know, we always just assumed that it was it was it was in Winnipeg. It's you know, like you mentioned, it's not really a thriving hot spot. Um, but like that just makes so much sense, and I I can't verify it's true, but. You know, it's not the first time you've seen North American players, I don't want to say bully, but kind of have a, yeah, bully is the right word, bully a European guy, right? Like, yeah. and and they're, you know, they kind of get that moniker that they're soft, and that's not the case. You're putting a label on somebody, right? I and did. I can completely, it just makes a lot more sense now, right?
1: It does. It, it does. He's a big dude, and he's like perennial 40, 50. Dude, he's, he's
2: got 30 goals in him every year. Like, that's that's a rare gift.
1: In this whole season, you, you, you can seriously mark him down for a guaranteed 30 you know, and you don't see guys. Well, maybe like, in
2: the shortened season, maybe 20, 25, but yes, yeah, yeah. so he's a 30 goal guy.
1: You know what? You, you know, you, you want to know what, man, he, you don't see guys like that. You don't see a number one center traded ever. Like it, it rarely, rarely happens. Not rarely do you see a 40 to 50 goal score traded. Not rarely do you see him both ma- traded in the same exact deal. Um, you have three former, I, I believe Dubois was a first round pick too. Roslik, Dubois lining all first round picks being swapped here between Winnipeg and Columbus. And, I, I, I don't see Liney and Tortorella really making it work just from knowing Tortorella's, you know, you know, past I, I, I and I, I'm not trying to bash John Tortorella. Like I'm a, I'm a Tortorella fan. Like I'm, I love, I would like more transparency from our own coach. I love it that he's transparent. I don't, I don't think it's right. That sometimes he calls, you know, calls their, his players out in the media. I don't, I think that just adding gas, throwing gas on a fire that's already there when it came to Dubois, there was no reason to do that. Um, that's like an, in, 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 in the coach's office type of conversation you're supposed to have, you know, to see if you, you theoretically, you can make it work. And you know what? I think Tortorella's days are numbered here. If he doesn't make it work with line a, who's coming out of a bad situation where he was bullied and you're coming to a coach who isn't afraid to tell you how he's feeling in front of, in front of your teammates. I mean, how do you expect, how do you think that's going to work?
2: You know, no, I agree. And the one interesting thing though, is I've always been curious. I'm a big fan of Jarmo the the GM right. of Columbus. I think he's a very smart guy. He's learned how to be successful in a, in a small market that they don't, they're not willing to spend to the cap. Uh, you have to do a really good job drafting guys, especially their scouting in Europe has been great. Look at Elvis Merlikins and all their successful stories, right? Now, you brought up the point of, if, if Patrick Line doesn't gel well with Tortorella you traded him for a guy that wanted out, right? I think that you got a good return for that because this is one of the rare instances where you see two players in a similar situation that have similar talent. Hell, they're in the same draft. One went two, one went three, right? And they both wanted out. They both get happy. I like the Roslevic coming back. I think that's huge. He's a hometown kid for Columbus. He's young, but I think he can be good. Here's my thing. If Line and, and, and Tortorella are on the same page, which I'm going to assume they are, and... and you knew at Columbus, if you even if you couldn't trade Dubois and couldn't get that return, that he wasn't going to re-sign here. So, does it hurt that bad? Obviously, it's going to hurt not getting him back. But does it hurt that bad knowing that you really got something for something that was going to be gone anyways? If Dubois stayed, you see where I'm coming yeah, from? I think, I think Columbus won this trade hand over
1: heel, like it head over like hand over foot, whatever. however freaking insane um <laughs> hand over heels? Here's here's my opinion. I think Rosolovic isn't even part of the deal if Tortorella doesn't go out of his way to make that situation in the media worse. Personally, I think it's just a straight up one for one.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think Roslick moves the needle for me. He does. Um, But I could be wrong. He's a guy that hasn't played much. He stated publicly once out in Winnipeg. He was never going to play there. You know, you never know with these young guys, what it's going to come down to, right? It's, it's, it's a roll of dice. I don't know. I, like you mentioned, though, I'm a big fan of torts. I have a soft spot for him, Dwayne. I just, y- you don't see that a lot anymore. And maybe for a reason, maybe it's because, you know, the intimidating bully coaches, for lack of a better term, Um it's a dying breed, right? You, you're right. seeing guys like Ralph Kruger and, and other guys that pride themselves on communicating with their players in a, in a more, you know, healthy way uh, that are that are getting these jobs and opportunities. But you know, we grew up in an era where that wasn't really a thing, and we all of our coaches tended to be, you know, the intimidators, the yellers, the, you know, what I mean. So it, it is what it is. I, I, I am curious though. That Tortorella has gotten um, a Columbus team in the playoffs back to back years, and that Tampa, I think that Tampa Bay win two years ago, even though they went on to nothing, I think that gives them another year. I really do.
1: I hope so. Um... He's just entertaining for the game. I, 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 again, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a basher of John Tortorella. Like I, you know, I like John Tortorella. I liked John Retro since his days in Tampa when they won that cup with St. Louis, LeCavier, Javi Boulin, Brad Richards. Like I, I was a big, that's one of my top five favorite teams of all time. I love that. That was team. a fun team to watch. That was really and
2: that was when really ESPN worked. still had the game. So yep. it was a fun time. Um, Listen, I gotta, I gotta run here in about five minutes to get on the ice for a practice, but couple things I want to talk about a, the upcoming schedule. Uh, we got New York Rangers on Tuesday, um, you know, a day off in between and then New York Rangers on, on Thursday. And what's well, a little homestand and you got the devils back to back Saturday, Sunday. So looking ahead to that, it kind of meshes. Well, you've seen Ralph Cougar mix up the lines a little bit. You know what I mean? Even late in that Washington win, you, you know, he, he got hauled down for a shift with, I think it was stall and our um, you know, what do you thought about his usage of the lines, um, and anything that that you would like to see get done here? Maybe a different combination.
1: Well, I wasn't a big fan of uh, this past game sitting Dylan Cousins. I guess I, I guess I understand like the whole you want to keep these guys fresh and a condensed schedule, but he's just coming off scoring his first goal of his NHL career, and it was an absolute beauty of a goal. Let's talk about that goal for a second. That was a goal scorer's goal. It was an absolute. Which season. one? Uh, Dylan Cousins' first goal. it was M. Love it. Love it. Wait, I
2: real quick on that. Everybody was up in arms about him getting scratched for middle stat their answer makes complete sense to me. It was in part of the plan. got to remember he was coming right from world juniors. Uh, this gives him a little bit extra time. I think the decisions made that they're going to keep him obviously not send him back. He's got nowhere to go. Uh, he's, he's earned every right to be here. But when they say that it was in the plan, I completely see where they're coming from there. He's a young guy. He's done well in his first appearances, but they also said they wanted to give Casey a sniff. And um, you know, I think yeah, it's Kyle it's like a- coming back in a lineup made that, made that what it was. Right. So obviously Dylan Cousins, I saw some people up in arms about that. It's like, relax. Hey, he's a young guy. This was part of the rest schedule. He's coming back in the lineup.
1: Yeah. And I agree. You know, and again, I'm not a Casey Middlestack guy. I think Casey's in my opinion, just a huge waste of talent, you know, waste of an eighth overall pick. It's just, you know, I just think the one thing that separates from him from Dylan Cousins is, and again, this is just an outsider's view looking in is just that willingness to put the work in away from the ice. To 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 be to to meet expectations, the way Dylan Cousins, and it also has to do with him being rushed. Now, again, speaking on that that Rangers series, Kali, did you see that? Uh, did you see that the the NHL Twitter found found Tony D'Angelo's burner Twitter account?
2: I didn't see the NHL. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, they, I think it's funny. Listen, I whatever. I don't want to get into <laughs> politics of it. He kind of brought this upon himself a little bit, but I do think it's a slippery slope, not with him, but like even Seth Jones, like we, 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 we clamor and clamor that we want NHL players to be more outspoken and to not give cliche answers. But then when a guy finally does speak up and granted he was aggressive about it, Tony was, then we, we, we should not,
1: though he was right? aggressive about his, his political points of view and. You know people agree. That's why I'm
2: saying not him, but like with Seth yeah, Jones and shit. Well, yeah, yeah. But no, I saw it, Dwayne. I well, think it was it hilarious. Was
1: oh my god! I even said, I even sent him some DMs. I said, "Here's what I asked him," and I never got a response. Uh, because obviously everyone knows he deactivated his Twitter account when you know former President Donald Trump's. Uh, you know, you know his his Twitter account was banned by by Twitter. Um, he's all oh, this is censorship. Blah blah blah. Um, you know he deactivated. Then he creates a then. It's pretty much been proven. They created a burner account.
2: Well, no, has it though? I, 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 like, listen. I'm willing to go along with the bit because it's just so funny. And if people so haven't checked it out, sent, I sent, right. I sent him a DM. Him? I, said, I said, "You're in a bar.
1: You're in a bar, and Tony D'Angelo, Tony D'Angelo, and Tony D'Angelo are all in a bar with you. You got to, you got to fuck one, kill one, bury one, go." He never responded.
2: <laughs> well, Dwayne, you, you, you set him up for failure there. Um No, that's hilarious, man. I. I, I did see it over the weekend. I think I saw it yesterday, and I just couldn't I couldn't help but laugh. I, I kind of feel bad for the guy. yet nobody else does, um, uh, but he's he's ruined it. He's got to get out of there. He's got to play for like um, if if there was an equivalent to like a down south redneck hockey team, that's where he'd be good, right?
0: <laughs> it right in. But no,
2: what's, your, what's your favorite I mean, hey, magazine to masturbate to, Tony? Listen, I, with whatever said, I, I still think that we need to be more tolerant of other people's opinions, not to give into politics. Agree. We need they're to, to himself, hide though. and Tony D'Angelo didn't help the situation for himself. I'll say that. Um, but if, 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 if we're shitting on every single athlete that has conservative leanings, you know, like what does that oh, get no. us? But I, no, this I, situation is hilarious. Check it out. It was lights out. Super funny. Um, the <laughs> Rangers fans are ruthless too. They oh, just absolutely oh give it God. to them.
1: The amount of gifs they send of him getting absolutely walked in the playoffs last year.
2: <laughs> it's just like, Did you no. say gifs? The amount of gifs, folks. Did we hear that everybody. Yeah. Oh no, I know what you mean. Yeah, they're good. They're great. Honestly, God,
1: NHL Twitter, all the, all the, all the, all the you know, the Sabers Twitter, all the teams Twitter accounts. You know, they all communally came together <laughs> as a family to go after the story D'Angelo burner account, and it was absolutely bliss. It was unbelievable to watch him go down in a flame of glory, just defending himself. Anytime somebody, you know, sp- spoke ill of D'Angelo, all of a sudden this NY
2: Ranger <laughs> fan. <laughs> this comes to tony even if it wasn't even if it wasn't him whoever did it did a beautiful job i love it no it's good i mean hey it's all about having fun um so hey, in in, in closing this up i think you've done a great job uh, everybody be sure to tune into the two goals one mic uh twitter account during the games you've done intermission reports you've knocked it out of the park cully is yet to get an invite to one of those that's okay he'll get there i'm fighting my way through the lineup um no but be sure folks to tune into that on the ice I know. I know. Uh, I love what I do. Uh, any young goalies out there, big game goaltending, give us a shout. Um, no, uh, great show, Dwayne. I know it's a little short. Uh, we got some good guests coming up. And uh, looking forward to this homestand, or this homestand here, you know. Hey, listen, we're two points out of playoffs right now, right? And and you're constantly gaining ground in these divisional matchups. So it's going to be big for them to, to, to stack these wins up, you know.
1: It's not a back-to-back. There's a day of rest in between. What's your prediction? For what? Buffalo and the Rangers, uh, 20 and the 28th. What's your prediction?
2: Uh, 5 3 Buffalo the first game, and then uh, 2 1 shootout victory in the second game.
1: Ooh, you're going to, you're going to oh, you're
2: gonna get both. they get both. Yeah, they need them. Hey, this is the start of something big. You got to start stacking these wins okay. together. Go ahead.
1: I agree. I agree. I think I think they can take both these games and they put themselves right back in the conversation if they do. I think that I think the her line really starts to heat up here, especially after that jet again, they dominate every time they step on the ice. So um I think Jack will finally start to heat up here and put up, you know, get a few tucks. Hall too. I think Reinhardt will get himself a few points. And maybe that second line really starts to uh not starts to, but continues to play well because you see Stahl hit your score a couple of goals here too.
2: Yeah, I think you get that secondary scoring. Eichel needs to get that one off his back. I'm not worrying about him yet. He's put himself in good spots. He's getting high-end chances. I think the tough part about playing these back-to-backs is sometimes the goalie almost has the advantage, right? You're so used to these guys, right? It's just an interesting point. Like, Vita Venicek for being a no-name guy, He shut down Jack Eichel for lack of good. He
1: was an AHL all-star for a few years. He, you know, he, I know, I know
2: you get what I'm saying though. Like it's just, it's interesting to watch these little one-on-one battles take place. I think that's, that's a blessing that we're seeing this in this, this new schedule. Um, and you're right in, 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 these divisional games, right? We always talk about this late in the season when we're, we're trying to catch up that these games are four point games and these all are. So I think that it's a, it's hockey in the NHL, is such a momentum sport that you need to start stacking these wings. And Hey, like you said, two points out of a playoff spot right now, you go back to back against the Rangers, you jump them, you jump maybe another team in the standings, you're right there. So exactly. it's going to be fun to watch. Um, any closing thoughts here? I know I got to go here. So.
1: No, no, I understand completely. I know I'm glad we could get this episode in. But uh, you know, let's go Sabers. You know, let's piggyback off the successful season the Bills had and I just want you all to remember that this episode has been brought to you by Froth Brewery, 700 Military Road in Buffalo. You want some of the best beer around? It's like a smoothie in a can, a liquid lollipop. Get your hands on it, especially uh, pay attention to their uh, Instagram accounts whenever they drop a new flavor. They just dropped one of their newest, a blue raspberry flavor. And, uh, you know, for the bills, a red, white, and blue can. It's beautiful. It was delicious this week, uh, last night while I was watching the game. So make sure you get your hands on that. Froth Brewery Company, 700 Military Road in Buffalo. For
2: episode 46 of Two Goals, One Mike, for Dwayne Stonnell, I'm Johnny Cullen. Go Sabres.
0: This life is more than just a read-through. The podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Cundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network.
2: I'm David Yes from Pod 617
0: To the blue hotel. I wanna live at the blue hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker.